What's going on? It's Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants. Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com. Beer Rap English. And your boy Cal Sirius. Don't forget you can hit us up on the socials at the media. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. We have got our latest guest in the place. Please introduce yourself, brother. My name is Daryl Blake. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be there. Long Thank time you. coming. Long time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Cheers. I know you're not drinking, for the record. <laughs> yeah, for real. No, nah, let's speak on it, because no, it's, like, it's been up and banner, but yeah. he's like on this. Thanks for coming down, bro. How have you found that sort of... So I made a conscious decision, um, let me get straight into it, is because um, you know me from the music industry. Um, some I've known you for a long time. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's nearly, nearly 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly yeah. 10 years. Um, and, you know, some of you watching will be like, oh, isn't that Melody? Yeah, yeah. So, um, basically... Because of the nightlife of DJing and um, playing up and down um, London and the UK, um, it was like the nightlife was really getting to me. But you know when you've had like, you have a booking at 12, you've got another booking at 2, and then you might do another one uh, at like 3.30 to like quarter past 4, quickly somewhere like a 45 minute shutdown, you're hungry afterwards. Mm. And the only thing that's open at that time anyway that was interesting to me was Morley's. So I used to consume a lot of that's the South London thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're up north, you've got Sam's or whatever. I was but thinking McDonald's would be open them times. Nah, but that's... Yeah, but Morley's, but Morley's though. That that barbecue wings and chips Woo. was the killer. I think they... they Those to, chicken burgers were so buff as well. This is what I'm trying to say. Because you used to live in South as well, so you can that, that, that resonates with you, but sorry, go on. So imagine I've got a, like two bookings on a Friday night, two bookings on a Saturday night, Flex. and then Sunday there might be like a day party and it, it goes on till like late. Working. I'm eating in the day, but it's after the bookings. I'm just like, you know what? Let me get a food, especially if I've had like a rum and coke or something. But barbecue wings, especially the one in Brixton, that was my addiction. Like, let they, I, I swear, the amount of money I've paid them, I, I paid their rent for time. It's more, it's all the time. More, they're calling me <laughs> boss man. You know when it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, boss man, right, it's you, yeah, yeah, hey. I'm like, <laughs> they already, they, they already know what you're getting. As soon as you step in, they're, they're already putting it in the bag. They're, they're yeah. like, hey, you want the regular bus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the girl's like, so you come out of time? Like, no, no, no. It's just cool. Like, black people look alike, innit? See what you think I'm someone else. See what you think my name's Jamal. Like, but um, yeah, I consumed a lot. But what started to happen over two years ago is um, I started to get a little pain in my heart, where my breathing started to change, and I thought, you know what? I don't want fat to be building around my heart because cancer's getting younger and younger. Mm. So I was like, I need to make a conscious decision. I've always wanted to like change my diet and give my body a break, but I think that was my wake up call to say, do you know what, do it now. So what I did was cut out meat, cut out fizzy drink, cut out sweets, uh, cut out alcohol, um, and just like literally cleanse my body. Um, which then opened up my mind to other foods. So um, went down the vegan road. Um, I'm more pescatarian now, um, so I eat fish. But what it did was open up my mind. Okay, so what other greens can I eat? Because when you, most people are like, like when I used to eat meat, a meal wasn't complete without meat. That was always it. Like, so where's the meat? Where's the chicken? Did where's you realize that round? A meal wasn't complete without meat. Uh, I'm gonna Bars. put that into into the lyrics. Soon coming. You know? I'm gonna have different <laughs> traits. Different traits. Um, so like before, like when I started to change my diet, I had stuff like more couscous, quinoa. I had more kale, started to juice more. And I was like, what? I had vegan ice cream one time. It was the best ice cream I've ever tasted. I was thinking, well, these vegans are secret. How have they got this under wraps? So I was like, yeah. So I tried to push um, healthy eating um, as much as possible. 
Um, or like you can eat meat if you want. I don't really judge, but just try and give your body something else, like another supplement in the meantime between terms. You know what I mean? So you have to really be careful what you put in your body, especially in this day and age of GMOs and mm. all that sort of thing. So I changed my diet for myself, which then gave me more life because I wasn't as tired and groggy. Um, yeah, I haven't been late to a booking once since I changed my diet. That's professional. Yeah. Have you found everything else sort of making the adjustment from uh, meat eating and everyday regular food to your like vegan? Well, you're not vegan anymore, but pescatarian diet. How, how have you found the adjustment and this continuing it? Because um, there are some people watching it and thinking and, and listening and thinking, right, I want to do it. Yeah. And I know it's good for me, but how how can I? How is it feasible at work, <coughs> pack lunch? Going out with my girls, going out with my mates, going out if I've got a booking, going out with a man them if <coughs> I'm going to drink. Like, right. what's the alternative in the kebab shop? I would love or, to do that. Or in the Morley's, you know, or the chicken shop. Um, uh, there's, there's this app, oh, I forgot the name of it, but there's an app you can download which gives you vegetarian options in your local area. So, let's say you're out and about with the girls or the man them and you're anywhere in London, you look up the app and it will say, okay, you can go to this... Um, you can go to this kebab shop, but it has a vegetarian option. Or you can go to this Lebanese restaurant and they have like falafel wraps. So, mm. so um, you can research. Literally, it's all about preparing yourself. In terms of work, like most people, like I know a lot of gym friends, like, and they meal prep with this, oh, I've got to have chicken for protein. You can do the same with yourself. You just got to substitute the chicken for something else. You can just do it once. So try it one time in a the week, then try it twice and just build up. But I would say, <coughs> Do it when you're mentally ready. I think the revelation of the mind is better to come first than have a revelation of the body. Wow. Because if you are not mentally prepared, you're going to make a mistake. Oh, let me s- I start on Monday. That It's all like Thursday. And you could easily start now, but because your mind's not ready and then gets to Monday, you're doing well. Then gets to Wednesday and he's like, oh, I had a quick wing. And it's like, oh, let me start again on Monday. When you're mentally prepared, I was mentally ready and I totally forgot because I was at a booking. I wanted to start on January the 1st. So it was like midnight. And I was at a New Year's Eve party. Th- this year? No, no, two, two and a half years ago. Cause, yeah, sorry, go on. So two and a half years ago, I was at a... Um, uh, shout out to Risco. Pe- pe- people don't know you're, you're a DJ as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, for the listeners and watchers, one of the best sound man I've ever met. And I, I, I don't mean to say because he's a DJ and he can play songs, but in terms of fixing your sound system if it's if it's sound not sound boy yeah, I, grew up, I grew up on sound system culture so my dad used to he still collects um vinyls now i remember you um uh shout out to um, genesis talking about collection and uh, music and stuff like that but he collected um uh he started off on like rare groove a lot of 70s stuff so my alias name is the funkaholic as you know mm, it's very melody funky. the funkaholic um some people's like oh is it based on funky house i was like no it's because I grew up on the funk sound, which is like James Brown and um, uh, Funkadelic. My f- one of my favorite songs is Nicky. George Clinton. Yeah, come on, Bootsy um, Collins. Come on, Bootsy was ah, uh, Bootsy was yeah, he, he was more of that Bootsy. But a lot of West Coast people sampled a lot of Bootsy's music because he has that. Well, he had the G funk, obviously with Warren G and and the Dog Dr. Pound. Dre, yeah. So I love a lot of West Coast stuff because of the Dog the Pound. funk sound. Dog, yeah, yeah, I'm a mass, uh, massive um, Daz fan as well. Oh, me too, so That's like crazy. <laughs> so I grew up on the funk, so he used to play a lot of funk. Like we, When I grew up on, on sound system culture, mm-hmm. I mean, like he like, showed me how to string up a sound. So he had like the tops, the mid-range, uh, uh, the scoops, the amp, preamp, decks. Then he had to, so the whole, he told me how to wire it up properly, the old school way, like how to make a, um, 
uh, the bins that you see in carnival, so carve it out of wood, so all that stuff. Because so. uh, I must say, I've, I've seen you save a few dances. <laughs> 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 no, drink a drink, be humble, because I'm going to big you up, because I've been to a few dances where you might not necessarily been booked, yeah. and um, the, the, the sound system is sounding mad tinny, because... No fault of the promoter or the people playing. The venue itself hasn't really got an idea of, of, of how to pattern the sound. And where you've come along and a few other uh, friends or, or, or people that we know, and, and, and you've done this, you've done that, you've done whatnot, you've worked your magic, and before you know it, everything's sounding full. And, and you know, so that's a testament to, to your ear and how you know the mechanics of... Setting up a sound, so that's what I mean by a real sound. I appreciate man. that, man. Like, because I've noticed bars are their bars. The setup in a, in a in a bar is composed of hi hats. So when you go to a bar, you mainly hear as opposed to bass. When you go to clubs like Ministry or Fabric, they're bass driven. Um, and a lot of places that play like Fabric is nuts, by the way. Like they've got like some underground kind of. stuff. Base like yeah, I mean like they the got the subwoofers under the floorboards or something. It's Fra mad. Fabric is one of the best places to play as a DJ, house DJ. Anyway, um, the function ones in there. Saying that, no, no, no. I would if I was to put it in a range of like top three places. I've best I played top three selected. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Fabric is my favorite club still. Fabric, Seriously, Fabric is dope. But I would if you. I'm all right, let's take it from an underground perspective. Speak it. Speak on it. Speak Fridge on it. Speak bar. On it. Yeah. South London. Fridge Bricky. Bar. Bricky. Opposite mass. Fridge Bar is probably the best place, and I know a lot of people would agree, because it's that dungeon feeling, and you can play around with the bass. There's no limiter, and it was just certain, like, especially you drop a lot of tribal house tracks, which are bass-driven. You can tweak it, and as a, you can do, like, one drop. So if you're spitting lyrics, you can go, do, do. Dude, you can dude, you can see it by the drop. smile on my so face because because <laughs> I know I, from how they I know you them, as a sound they? man and yeah, a DJ. Yeah. So second, I would say Plan B in Brixton because yes. they had Function Ones in there. That was the first time I played on Function Ones. Um, it was an event in two thousand and eight. It was by um, uh, who was a promoter, a friend of mine named Natasha Purple, and she had me, Super Pioneer, on there, Carlos Aries, um, and. Yeah, this this is like early days, and um, rest yeah, in peace to Plan B. You know, right? And um, it's changed names now. Yeah, it went to Phonox, and I think it's something else now, isn't it? Gentrified name. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But um, so, and then I think last I would say is Coliseum. Coliseum in Vauxhall, as an underground DJ, I think Coliseum was one of the best places. That um, venue was popping. Yeah, it had it, <laughs> it's got its pros but and popping cons. for different reasons. You're saying popping because they're probably the girls, but you. Sound everything like the crowd yeah. and the vibes. Just I like, think it was South a great London, and I think we sort we sort of digress in a minute. But the fact that South London has the majority of the best venues, or South of the Thames, for those who are outside of London, notoriously the almost the best dances. And hand on my heart, being from someone from East London hosting, and someone knowing yourself, when it comes to sort of sound systems and vibes, I don't think you could really compete with how they're uh, doing it in South London. And I, and I don't know if that's because of the venues or because of people that know what's going on, but... I'd say because of the venues. I mean, well, the venues are not there anymore, but in South, all right, so because of Brixton, I would say, Brixton is like the hub of uh, Jamaican culture. 
So when it came to blues parties, um, it managed to string up sound inside, even in bars and clubs and even at house parties. South was like, in terms of reggae, and reggae is, you know, comes from dub, from ska, from rock steady, um, Naya Bingy drumming. Like, that was the heart of like getting the bass right. So a lot of venues and a lot of warehouses, a lot of clubs used to play a lot of um, like Dennis Brown, Gregory Isaac, a lot of like old school reggae where they had to get the bass right. Mm. A lot of dances used to happen in South anyway. A lot of um, reggae artists used to come um, over from Jamaica to South. And that used to be the hub for like music. Yeah, you, you play everywhere else, but that, that was the hub. There was loads of venues there. And plus South is like so big in itself. Like so It's the biggest part of London. Yeah, people call it the capital of London. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say about that, but <laughs> being from East London, we, we, we all know what's the capital of London. Yeah, uh, it's, it's East. East. East London's the capital of London, but because... Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Shoreditch is definitely popping. you got to admit, there's a lot of venues But we've got a South London representative because South London is so big and vast because anything south of the border, but South West London... That don't count, because <laughs> there, there's. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, wow. Clapton is is definitely popping as well. They, they've got a little east. scene down it. Clapton, as in Southwest London, Clapton. Clapham or Clapton. Clapham, excuse yeah. me. Clapham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clapham no. is everywhere. We all know what the capital of London is, but let's keep it moving. We have to tell me where the capital of London is. Are you for real? Yeah. What's you the talk, you're talking to two Eastmen, and you want to know the capital of yeah, London. I would love to know why East is the capital of London. Bro, remember where you are, fam. <laughs> Remember where you are, fam. This is oh, right, 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 right. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go into it. Let's go into it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go into it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Talk to the camera. He just said. He just said. Remember where you are. No matter where you go in the world. He said that. Right. If someone says, "All right, big up the people from the UK. Where's my North London? Where's my East London? All right, all right, all right, right, right. What's the loudest? South London. Thank you very much. Because I appreciate because there's more more people in South than anywhere. Because why? Is there more numbers in South? That you said it's bigger. South London. No, 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 no. Right, we're going to have another conversation. South South London is the biggest area in London. It is the biggest area in London. Of course it is. Yeah, because you got because it's like South. Because you have a river dividing every fucking blood clot place. That's why. That's true, but. Like I say, when it comes east, to the, when it, when it comes to the capital of culture, southeast is is very very. All right, very right, big. right, right. Southwest, you get uh, southeast is is huge. It's south massive. Southeast. It does cover a lot. Of course, it does. Because you go from like past Plumstead, you go all the way to like Erif, and that's still it's where Erif. still southeast, yeah. Erif, yeah, Belvedere, that's still southeast postcode. Yeah, SC yeah. is crazy. It's massive. Southeast is huge. Southwest so, is big, but southeast is massive. Southeast is massive, and then. We love all parts of South London. Oh, definitely. And we'll have no sacrilege on South London because I, I got a lot of money in South London and I had a lot of good times in South. Thank you and for contributing. Thank you. God bless you. But I would not be at E10, Leighton, E4, uh, E17 person if I didn't say East London. But that we, we digress. Sorry. Little postcode beef. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But you know, everyone's la- lays their claims because because Northwest has got their 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 la- uh, their uh, claim to fame. Yeah, and everyone everyone's contributed to what we have as London in of itself. Course, yeah. And what we have as London in itself is a is a massive uh, cultural melting pot. And I think you know you encapsulate that well. The podcast encapsulate that well. And what we bring as a sound system, what everyone brings together is 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 what's what you know really really positive and really good. So. Oh, thank you. Um, which in connecting to uh, uh, 
in what I was saying in terms of you talking about sound is like I grew up on that and which ultimately brought me it's, it's kind of like one of the many streams of of why I do what I do so me being uh, a researcher uh, activist uh, some people have called me um, ethnographer um, youth leader in so many different avenues it stems from music because a lot of my knowledge came from music so um, on the reggae front and revolutionary front, it came uh, from Black Uhuru in the 70s. Um, then you go into the 80s, KRS-One was my guy. Um, a lot of my knowledge and uh, in terms of like being proud of being black came from music. I mean, James Brown would speak about black and proud and um, from, from, from the 70s and even before. So um, that sort of like pushes my motivation to do literally what I'm doing today right, so right now. So can you talk a bit more about your sort of your tours around London yeah. and, um, you know, what you're doing from from that point of view, because that, that, that's something new that I've noticed from yourself. Okay, so I do um, black history tours or black presence tours, as some people like to refer them to, um, to show the, how can I put it, the existence of um, uh, black contribution to Britain, because I feel like majority of the time that you hear um, black invo involvement and... Uh, 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 black presence in Britain, it tends to be from a negative standpoint, a negative connotation. Um, so what I do is I bring the light, the blood, the sweat and the tears that um, pretty much has paved the way uh, of Britain. The fabric of Britain today is literally off the blood of, uh, uh, of other, the other, whether you're uh, class self as black, black Caribbean African, or you're Asian or whatever, it, there is an outside bit of uh, involvement and story that needs to be told in the walls of Britain. So I do um, black history tours across, for example, one of them is I do a um, blood money trail uh, where we go to the area of Bank. And in Bank, there's, because um, Bank is the capital, literally is, is London. London is a one square mile radius, which was built in 192 um, AD by the Romans. Like some of the- Are you Brit talking about the city of London now? City of London, right, correct, yeah. So. Like, you know when you come into the city of London where you see, like, a dragon holding a badge, which is uh, 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 it's about a white background with a red cross, which is, like, the, uh, the English, the England flag, um, which is also the Knights of Templar flag, which a lot of the sailors used to... So when you go back to colonial, colonial times, um, a lot of the sailors used to have the flag on a lot of their ships. Uh, for example, so when you look at old images of Christopher Columbus, when he had the three ships with the... Uh, I think it's the Mina Pinta and um, Santa Maria, which is St. Mary. A lot of them had the uh, white background with the red flag. So when you go around central London, you will see a lot of places, a lot of like security logos have that. Um, a lot of uh, signs and emblems and um, coat of arms have that as well. So what I do is I take people on a tour around City of London, mainly, um, and show the trail of how City of London is built up today off the blood, sweat, tours of like Africans. So the Lloyd's family uh, being one of them. Lloyd's family who um, started off by trading uh, tea and coffee. Lloyd's family as in Lloyd's Bank. So there's two Lloyd's family. You've got Lloyd's Insurers and you've got Lloyd's Bank. Lloyd's Bank was kind of funded by a group of um, plantation owners who are from Liverpool, um, who also connected to Barclays as well. Um, so there's two families, but they are connected be because of the location and where they actually set up um, set up place. But the Lloyd's Insurers was a Lloyd's company called Lloyd's Insurers who insured the slave ships. Um, so a lot of slave owners made a lot of money, but they owned, so for example, if uh, a slave master had a ship that could only carry 500, 
they would bring like 700, 750 on board because not all of them are going to make it. There's going to be rebellions. There's going to be uh, a lot of deaths, people getting thrown overboard. So if I feel, if I'm on a ship and I feel sick, they're like, okay, well, you're not going to be useful. So I'm going to throw you overboard. But if you're sick, whoever you're chained to pretty much would have caught it anyway. So once I'm getting thrown overboard, I'm chained. So whoever's next to me getting chained, be it a child, be it a man, be it a woman, you're just going overboard, 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 and that's it. There's a great film. It's not really great, but it's, it's, it's an example of this. There's a film called Amistad, um, and it's got uh, Morgan Freeman in it as that's well. That's an emotional movie, man. There's an example of when um, they're throwing people off, and what they do is that they get a sack of bricks uh, or rocks and throw it over, so it goes straight down, and then you're chained to that. And that's the reason why they had these chains as well that was so heavy, because... It's not so that to keep you down. It's li- well, yeah, it is to keep you down, but it's keep you down the water. So when you throw you over, the weight of the, the chain around your neck and around your body will keep you down. So you can't swim back up. Um, so there's a lot of stories um, within well, like a, a triangle that I take people on, uh, not to give away too much information because I want you to come on the tour, um, where so you've got East India Arms, which dealt with um, the tea trading. So you have British governments that was involved um, in conquering a little bit of India um, and then um, when they colonized India and created a caste system, um, they started to trade tea. So if you look at... Uh, so Sorry to cut you there, bro, but did you just talk about the creation of the caste system? In India, yeah, it was Br- it's a British thing. So it's the like British created the caste system? In India, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't so know in, that. In most places, like there was a... All right, so we'll get to that. But so when you look at the fabric of Britain, so for example, if... if and you can see this with like... A lot of Americans think British people drink a lot of tea. Well, we do. So drink a lot of tea, right? For example, so like we watched that Top Boy, for example, there's more tea drank in Top Boy this one than in the last two seasons. Mm. Obviously, Americans' idea of, all right, cool. So, But also it's accurate. I can imagine a roadman making a cup of tea. Like I know a few. People <laughs> drink tea. People tea. drink tea around they, they, they might drink tea, but they over... Did it in my? That's my opinion. That's my opinion. I'm what what, what can bash it after a cup it. of tea? Like, 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 we like, drink tea. Like, we drink tea in Britain. We do, but it's like tea is a is a British thing. When you go but, ahead, but but the money behind the tea plantation and the tea colonization is right. So massive. Stuart Hall talks about this. So all right, let's look at tea. Do you drink tea? Yeah. All right. So just what comes with tea? So you you put tea in a in a mug, right? Yeah. All right. Where does the tea leaf come from? Where the tea leaves come from? Plantation. I'd like to shout out the ETP at this point, the Ethical Tea Partnership. They make sure that the tea comes from places where the workers are getting paid a decent wage. Um, so if you buy tea that is from the ETP, then you know people who are working in the tea plantations. But does everyone get buy paid well? Does everyone buy Tetley and PG Tips? Is that wow. from? Oh, is that so? Tea leaves generically. Come from India. When you do you have sugar in your tea? No. Okay. Do you know people that have sugar in their tea? Yeah, uh, most people do. All right. So you got tea leaves, then you've got sugar. So where does sugar come from? Uh, sugar cane plantations. Okay. So what are you hold? What, how do you drink your tea? What are you hold it? Uh, mug. What what's what's the the porcelain? What is it called? China. So where does, so where does that comes from? China. So you've got. Tea leaves from India, sugar from the Caribbean, and you've got porcelain from China. Three places that Britain's colonized. Woo! So when I'm you gonna need a drink off <laughs> this. Is the so 
So when you look at the idea of Britishness, which is tea, the whole idea of Britishness is based upon the concept of colonizing other people. But you just think you're drinking sugar. Do you drink brown sugar? I mean, do you use brown sugar? I prefer brown sugar to white sugar. Okay. Where does I want some of that brown sugar. sugar. In more ways oh, than one. Wow. <laughs> 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 sorry. Where, where, sorry, so, sorry. So with brown sugar, do you know where brown sugar mainly comes from? I would have thought brown sugar comes from the Caribbean. Yeah, do you know which which one mainly? I don't know specifically, no. Okay. Um, Brother, are we about to finish this whole bottle sorry, of sorry, rum? Talk your talk. That's a litre. Talk your talk. So, um, Demerara sugar, brown sugar, is based around colonising of Guyana. So, you have, not only do you have white sugar, which is pretty much Caribbean-based, and you've got tea leaves from India, and you've got porcelain from China. Brown sugar is also Guyana, another place that was colonized. So the idea of Britishness has to involve the oppression of other people. So when it comes to like the name, no, 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 you got, you got, you got to start there now. That's <laughs> that's crazy. What you just said. Yeah. The idea of Britishness has to involve the colonization of other people, because I think us modern Brits would think that the idea of Britishness is like going down to Brick Lane and having a curry, having a beer, just being tolerant of other people and other cultures. Okay. Modern Britain. That's modern day Britain. But yeah. when we spoke about this earlier, the, the romanticised view of colonisation of what the Brits did hundreds of years ago, 50 years ago, and how they came and infiltrated and fucked shit up, basically. Because w- when I went to Sri Lanka... And there's, there's a tea plantation. One of the biggest tea exports in the world is Sri Lanka. And, you know, the, the, the whole view of, like, the Brits and, oh, yeah, you know, England came in and, you know, the God saved the Queen and blah, blah, blah. But in realis- reality, what they did was not very nice. was awful. And it goes deeper than a tea bag and a, a one spoon of sugar. Because there's slaughter. And when you're talking about the caste system, it's like... Wherever you find, all right, so when you talk about anywhere below the line of the equator, for example, um, where it tends to be like dark hue people, anywhere that Britain has colonized, there's colorism. But that was back then. Say that again, say it again. Anywhere that Britain has colonized, there's colorism. But that was back then. What's that got to do with right now? Do you, do you feel like, okay, so are you saying that colonialism doesn't exist today? Well, I'm saying that was like hundreds of years ago. Like that's got nothing to do with 2019, has it? So okay, so I mean, we're all cool. We're all everything's rosy now. Are we? Oh, you, you tell you tell me before. I, d- before I don't I think we are personally. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a step back because I'm like, you know. <laughs> I, just want, I just would love to know. Like, do you think like as a, as a white boy in the conversation, I'm just going to move back. <laughs> okay. Right. So Speak on it, because this this no, episode uh, is definitely going over thirty oh, minutes. No, this, this, is, this is an interesting. <laughs> no, we're going to talk on it, and this is, this is why we got Daryl at, at the end, because like my guy, you know, speak speak on it, man, because people yeah, need no, to listen. Because it's interesting, like, no, people's opinion. Saying, everyone's like, gone. Speak on it. I, I'm actually just playing devil's advocate in it. But I can tell. There's a lot and, of people and, out and there, and you're drunk, and you're there's drunk. There's a lot of people <laughs> out there that would feel like whatever happened in the past is in the past. No, but that has a ripple Society effect. Society has moved on. What's that got to do with what we're going through That's right now? It's an adverse effect Who's to what we face today. has moved on. When, all right, so you got to look at it like this. When um, slavery was over, so you had, you had, uh, sorry, sorry. wavy. 
So you had the, in 1807, you had the abolishment of slave trading. And then in 1833, you had the abolishment of slavery. When slavery was over, right, you got to look at it like this. When slavery was over, they gave money in compensation to the slave owners because slave owners was like, oh, so you want to free the slaves, so I've got crops I need picking, I've got land because human beings were called property. So who's going to be able to pick this? I need my money. So it's like, okay, for how many slaves you got, I'm going to give you money. So the slave owners were compensated, not the actual slaves. What they did is that they paid the money, which came up to £20 million in 1833, How they made their money back, the British government, is to get our tax money. We finished paying off slavery in 2015. Wow. So you're saying we've been paying reparations to slave owners up until 2015. So you're talking about over £7 billion. That's what it's come up to. So let's say now, because you said it's over and done with, Reparations to slave owners. Yeah, so remember, repa- so remember, we, so, so, all right, look at it like this. You work, you pay your taxes, okay? Your tax money goes to the government, which replaces the money that was offered to the slave owners who enslaved your family. So basically, you just paid your slave master, say, thank you very much for what you've done with my family. Uh, I know that you freed my family, so I'm going to give you some money to help free them. That's pretty much what you did, out of your money. Now, the money, the reparations that you haven't got, that I don't have, right, is what basically connects, do are we still in that same point? We haven't had, so basically, there's something in psychology called delayed offset of trauma, delayed onset of um, illness. So that's like, if you have a car crash now, you're fine. Ten years later, you might be affected. You're like, oh, my leg's playing up. Oh, my hip. It's because it's called delayed onset of illness. A lot of people are suffering from delayed sort of illness. So because our mindset, we didn't have any th- therapy. A lot of people that experienced during like the World War II era with, mm. with Hitler had therapy. Mm. African nations and Caribbean nations mm. are the only ones who have not had any therapy or treatment or some sort of get, get back in any shape, way or form after slavery. Not wow. one. It sounds like you're talking about some kind of a post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. that descendants of slaves may have been been picked up. All right. So whenever you go through a trauma or you go through a, ty- like a, a deep experience, you go to get therapy um, and you become abusive. So like, which connects to how people are on the road. Great book, by the way. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't just flash it. Show <laughs> it again. No, no, seriously. So for the listeners, Daryl showing a book. What's, what's the title of the book? It's called Government and Urban Poverty. Hope we, hope we can get a nice close up on that right yeah, there. Turn it that way. And that then, way. And what's, then what's, what's the name of the author? Because for, for people that are listening, okay, how So you've got Joan Higgins, Nicholas Deacon, John Edwards, Malcolm Wick. Very, and you can see it's got Brixton riots in there in the corner, which is very important. Yeah, go support that. Go One go. of the main books that changed my life was a guy named Dr. Jawanza Kunjufu. It's called Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys. Hold that, hold that, hold that, hold that. Fantastic book. I can get the spelling there for you. You can zoom in on that. Yeah, of course um, you can. This this book is is very very important um, in terms of understanding um, how the mindset is, um, like the way it's affected us today is about learning about love of self and love of hate. So yeah, and 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 in terms of like, if you look at, okay, 
poverty. This just blew my mind. No, no, no. Like, listen, 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 right, listen. Honestly, and it, listen. Right, right. Stop. Everyone, take a stop. Man said the conspiracy to destroy black boys. Because right, right. We've had a drink. We've been filming all day. We got Daryl on set. I'm actually completely fucked up. At this this is what we need. So, <laughs> this is what we need. Speak on it, because everyone, take a second. Because beer rap and banter is it is all about the beer. It is it is all about the banter. It is about the rap music. But we're trying to drop gems for the YouTube. For the SoundCloud, for the Spotify, whatnot, but but we be, beer rap and banter. There are many pubs where people have deep conversations, and rap, this is what we're trying to do. See, no, no, I know they drop like got Rayquan. All of these rappers mm. are dropping, but this is why we got on show. So, so everyone, take a second just to meditate, because you know you're gonna get certain mass watching and they're gonna be billing it. No, but we're not. No, we're the, no <laughs> so, listen. So you're gonna have to. It's, it's catering to everyone. So beer we, rap and banter is important. It's covers everything. Thank you, I appreciate that. But we drop gems, so Definitely, speak on it because this ties into hip hop. Speak on it. And so, it's your time. So the love. I put the mic down because <laughs> I'm not. In, I'm not privileged to this conversation as being a <laughs> being a I, white man in England. So, mate, me personally, I, I've no, no, never no, no, heard no, no, of. No, no. I like to think I'm a I'm a conscious black person, yeah. and I've never heard of any of these authors that you're talking about. And you've got physicals, you've got yeah, books. Truth, so I'm gonna put my mic down and yeah. listen. It's not even. It's not even just because remember, I, I've got a book here. Yeah, it's a sociology book, right? It's a sociology book right here. Um which is a GCSE book. So not only is it like um, you can get information from outside, they are teaching important information in schools, which could be racial bias, which I'm going to show you in a second. Um, so when it comes to delayed onset of illness, um, some people are affected now, or they're showing signs of affection now, but you don't even know where it comes from. So when you look at... Um, all right, cool. So poverty, when you go into areas, especially in Britain, a lot of the poverty-driven areas are run by schemes called projects. The idea coming from America where they said, you know, let's create a project where you have high-rise blocks. If we put them on top of each other and we have churches everywhere, mosques everywhere, 24-hour license everywhere. In America, uh, places like Queens, Queens is a prime example of, of the high-rise buildings. So, you, so you're talking about 24-hour off-license where they sell alcohol yep. and the housing projects yep. in America. And the gun stores and everything like that. Right. It's the same thing we have in a lot of areas in London. When you go to, so let's, let's hub in on Brixton for a minute. So Brixton is a prime example because you've got an estate called Summerlayton Estate. The actual, on the main road, of uh, uh, where on uh, Cold Arbor Lane, Summerlayton Estate, the shape of it is actually formed as a Coliseum. So the outside of it is in like Cold Arbor Lane. Cold Arbor Lane, the outside, if you, those that know Brixton and know Cold Arbor Lane, Summerlayton Estate, the outside of it is shaped as a Coliseum, yeah, because it's built as a project to say, all right, everything that's bad happens inside there. So it's built like a Coliseum, that's where the warfare is. So the structures that some, not all, but many of ethnic minorities are based in are in areas that are projects, areas that are uh, functioning and built in a way for us to kind of navigate. Where it's like, okay, we keep the chicken shops there, we keep the churches there, we keep the bad schools there, we keep da 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 Okay, so that's a systematic thing that's built up, which people call it as a ghetto, which was the name of the concentration camps that Hitler put the Jews into. That's where we get the concept from. Bars. Okay? So when you've got people who are, are parents who had to make their way through British society just by trying to work and make ends meet, but we didn't own anything. Um, so it's like the traumas of slavery are still playing on our minds today because there's a speech, whether the person's real or not, is by William Lynch, where he talks about um, the how to separate slaves. 
fight divide and conquer. So he put the old versus the young, tall versus short, light skin versus dark skin, curly hair, straight hair. He came up this in 1712 in Virginia. Willie Lynch has a legend. I, I believe he was a real person, but Could obviously be. I don't know. But his theory works because he said if he if you do this method within, because he was like talking, it works in the Caribbean because Caribbean was rife. But he said if you do this method, it'll work for at least 300 years, which would make it 2012 would be the 300 year mark and at least, and we're still in that time now. The way how we behaved back then, we've lost those ways because back then we knew we had a common enemy. We knew that was Marsa, whatever, but we need to stick together. Uh, we need to work together, we need to build. So we had our own little structures, our own little system, our own little faith base. We even got married under slavery. Now, because we don't have that same structure, because we don't have that same mindset in terms of sticking together, a lot of us are turning on each other. You kill within your proximity. You kill within your, you see what I'm saying? So when it's delayed onset of illness, it's because we haven't had that therapy of coming out of slavery where we had to back up and say, all right, cool. Because most of us were just left to how it is. So I'm gonna say anywhere across, sorry, before the land, below the land of the equator that Britain has conquered, like the Caribbean, South America, so on and so forth. If you look how the caste system works, the people who are the closest to European standards are the ones that are always favoured. So when you look at hip-hop music, when you look at drill music, I can, we can name 10 drill videos right now, and I guarantee you 90% of the women either look Eastern European, look Persian like Kim Kardashian, or they are particular like Latin American, or they are fair, fairer skin, which is a bad term, because if light-skinned people are called fair-skinned, the opposite of fair is unfair, which is unequal, which is bad. So Mad. if you're the opposite of light skin, you're dark skin, that must mean you're unfair. So did, dramatically... Did you hear about that music video? I think it was... Uh, I forget the name of the artist, but there was a music video with quite a prominent artist in American hip-hop um, where they took out a dark skin model and they put in a light skin model. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the artist actually had to step in and say, hold on a minute. Tor was it Tory Lanez? Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez, I think. And he had to it. step in and say, hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Bring yeah. that dark-skinned girl back yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. she wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. She was being a model. She was attractive. And there was no reason for you to take her out. Um, which which ties into a documentary that I've got coming out. Right, speak on it because I, I was just about to interject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so I know it's because of timing that. But yeah, no, 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 not even timing that. Listen, listen. You can talk. Listen, well, we're in OT right no, now. No, 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 Extra time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Our listeners and our viewers will appreciate this talk because this is this is real shit. I know we both waved, but this is real talk. So just just speak on the sort of the uh, so the test, the birth of self hate experiment, and then let us know what it is, and also how we can get tickets to watch and experience it because I know you're narrating it. So the the whole concept of self hate and dolls and black 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 children and the black dolls them and so with with um so I created this documentary um with a team up in Birmingham and what we did was um there's a I saw a doc like 15, 16, 17 years ago probably about no wait wait even more than that I saw um an experiment um that was shown to me where it was a dull test was there was a there was two people called Kenneth and Mamie Clark, they're psychologists. And what they did is they put down four dolls, all dressed the same, but just different race. And what they did is they, they examined what would happen when you asked children which doll's the good doll, which doll's the bad doll. And then majority of the time, a lot of people said the bad doll was the black one. Um, so what he was doing was bringing 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 to the case that 
in America, you had something called a separate but equal act or separate but equal clause, um, where it's basically saying segregated schools. So it's like, you can have your schools, you can have your schools, but as long as everything's equal. So you can have a gymnasium, you can have a basketball team or whatever. So it's separate but equal. They put that forward to say, even though it's separate but equal, there's still like internal racism and segregation that's going on that can affect the mindset of, of people. So they brought that forward to the case. That also helped, um, which created something called the Brown or Board of Education. That's another story. But um, with that, I was like, yo, that's deep. Like, I wonder what our children today think. And most of our knowledge when it comes to black history is American-centered. So I was like, why don't we have our own stuff? There's enough people here to, hey, why not? So I done uh, a social experiment which is in respect to them two in the 1940s, but I want to look at it from a now perspective because most of us say like, yeah, we're, we're, we're knowledgeable, we know about this stuff. It's like, all right, but what do you think the children know about? And I also, I believe the best way to fight racism in this world is to have self-love. Amen. Really, that's what I thought it is. So when I created this, I wanted to see what would be the aspect now, what's the viewpoint and, and, and the results. I can't tell you what the results are, but the results are making you go like, wow. All right. So if you want to see the results and you want to see the findings, let, let people know. Where, where. So you've got two viewings of the... Uh, yeah. So I've got one in Birmingham. I want to say documentary, but it's not docu a documentary. It's, a, it's, a, it's an experiment. It's but I don't, I don't like using the word experiment. It's an, an investigation. But yeah. even even that's yeah. the wrong term. Yeah. So even, well, even producer terms, it's documentary short. Like, let, so right. So, right. <laughs> so but listen, listen. So you right. can find it where you can right. find you can speak. So me, basically, where you can see the documentary, um, I'm having two showings. One in Birmingham on the 23rd of October, which is going to be shown at BCU, which is Birmingham City University. Reason why it was shown shown there first is because the children in the video, I um, mean the footage, are from Birmingham. So bring it home, let them see the big stuff on big screen, and then we bring it to London, and then hopefully I'll be able to take it other places. So it'll be shown in BCU, Birmingham City University, on the 23rd of October. Um, you can go on Eventbrite and type in the doll test, and you will see it come up. And then in London, you can um, see it on the 8th of November. I'm showing it um, in North London, okay? And you can go on Google and type in the doll test, London, or go in Eventbrite, type the doll test in, and you will see the London premiere and um and you can get um, tickets. We're there. gonna have to go watch that, bro. It's free, by the way. So it's actually so free. Right. So if if people want to follow you, mm -hmm. and um, check out the doll test, uh, the viewing, because in which you're narrating. Yep, my voice is all over it. And you got a great voice. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. How can we follow you and the doll test uh, documentary? Okay, so um, on social media, if we talk about Instagram. It's Daryl.Blake, so it's D-A-R-R-E-L.Blake. And if you go on ints, no, sorry, Twitter, it's Daryl underscore underscore Blake. And following the Dole Test movement, it's the hashtag TDT2019 or the hashtag the Dole Test, and you'll be able to see everything. Because I wanted to pick up on this, because like, I will inevitably have a mixed race child of a boy or a girl, and then like, and I would hope that they would pick up a doll of their preference, but I will give them a doll of both black and white, you know, uh, skin tone. So it's interesting coming from a, a white a white man, mm -hmm. parent, and then God willing, I have kids. You know, inshallah, I'll have like, you know, beautiful black children. But, you know, it's like, how how do I then sort of 
give them that opportunity to have kids, uh, uh, dolls to sort of. Um, I don't. I can't. I can't word it. It's a, it's a bit mad. It's like, you know, it's not self hate because I, I preach self love, and then like down the line, I'm gonna ship them off to their aunts and uncles or whatnot, and then being where I'm from, I'll I'll always stay true to like my friend's essence. So it's like, I don't I don't know how I'm trying to get, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, because obviously I'm drunk, but like... Obviously. But but no, 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 I'm being real, because this is real, but as a white man with a, with, with a mixed race wife, mm-hmm. and our kids will be like of, of mixed heritage, yep. so like, how do I send, like, give them the doll, obviously I'll give them the dolls that they want, but like, how do I then promote that sort of value of self-love? Um... It's it's a mad question to ask you, obviously. It's, it's, that's a very important question because uh, it's about seeing themselves. I think the main issue is that a lot of our children don't see themselves. A lot of uh, Barbie literally is the epitome of beauty. Yeah, Barbie's a white thing with blonde hair. Beauty of beauty. Aryan beauty. Yeah, but with blue for, eyes. For, for my upbringing, white, uh, but my youths them, mm-hmm. eventually my children them will be of mixed parents, mm-hmm. obviously, because my... my 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 wife is like half Jamaican, half Irish. Yeah, so my, my children will be mixed race. And then how I'm eventually trying to grow, uh, we're, we're moving out of London, and we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna grow up in a in a white area. Mm-hmm. So how do I then make them appreciate their black heritage? Simply by showing them the beauties of black heritage. Once as soon as you move out of London, they're gonna be attacked straight away. They're going to be called the other, unfortunately, because of where we're living, straight away. You have to show them the beauty, whether it be through Disney films, whether it be through dolls, whether it be for books. There's so many books now in this day and age, comparison to when we was younger. Like, there's so many options where you can show themselves beauty. And it's about wording as well, because there's an issue happening right now. Uh, not to digress, but there's no, a no, 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 thing that Don't digress, don't digress, don't digress. Speak on it, speak on it, speak on it. Advert. Which one? The, 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 the ha- coolest monkey in the jungle? No, that's old. That's one. old. One that I haven't seen the recent one. Ago. It was a um, H&M um, poster two years ago where it showed a black girl with her hair back in one. And the concept of H&M was um, scruffy hair, messed up hair. We're not going to try and do their hair. It's just going to put clothes on them and this is how it's going to be. Listen. So what they did it for all. So you had um, uh, uh, Asian children, uh, white children, um, and you had uh, a black girl. And um, people lost their minds, um, saying that the black girl's hair wasn't done properly, so on and so forth. But it was literally, it was actually, funny thing about it, impersonally, she was in her natural state. But people were so caught up, not everyone, but a lot of people caught up that her wasn't slicked down. It's like, this is literally her in her natural state. And we're still, even as big people, we're still conditioned to see the eyes of beauty being, hair being... European. Right, exactly. Is that the documentary? The hair um, being close uh, to what, European what, what, hair. What's, what's the old documentary? The um, good hair documentary by Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock, fantastic. Oh, good hair was amazing. It's yeah. a ph- phenomenal. And like being being as a white man who's dating a mixed race girl, and and our kids who would inevitably be of mixed race, mm-hmm. and they they will experience that. So uh, it's just fascinating it for me. Remember, yeah, man, your shout out to have, Chris Rock still. But your children, it's going to start off with hair. Obviously, people are going to notice their skin tone. Say, okay, you know why. You've got color, so what? Then that, but you just you got, got white hair or black hair. This is, and then it will, then it will go good hair or bad hair. As no, well. so no, that, no, that, no. That's no. what's going to come into it. But yeah, who defines what good hair, bad hair is? It's about 
It's about what we've been indoctrinated to see. I didn't have a drink. This is deep. It's about having. It's about the doctrine that we've been told as what's good and what's had. Long and flowy has always been, like as a kid growing up, in school, girls had their hairs braided, or not. That was it. Braided was just like that's it. But the closest thing to European standards yeah, of yeah. of hair being long and flowy, and you run your fingers through yeah. it. I think, stra- I think straight hair has been, in Europe, straight hair has been adopted as the norm for beauty. Definitely. And, cur- and cur- curly hair is like an alternative style, but straight, straight hair straight is hair. most definitely because it's adopted like, as the norm. It, uh, Paul Mooney says... <laughs> if, I, if I say the N-word long enough, <laughs> my, make my teeth white. <laughs> yeah, but I can't say the N-word, obviously, because I'm not like... Paul Mooney says... Um, well, and I don't want to get beaten up. He says that when... <laughs> your hair's nappy, they're not happy. When you're relaxed, they're relaxed. Woo! <laughs> That's what Paul really says. Hey. Bars. So, so, so the, the whole idea of European standards has been going on from slavery times. It literally has from colonial times. Right. So, it, it's, so it's, 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 you have to put images of beauty of all shades to them, right? Books, through films, media, um, go bringing them into areas. So let's say you move out of London. And they don't really go to like... Which we're hoping to do. So, right. So you, so you, so you move out of London. We, 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 are, we are looking to move out of London. Okay. When you move out of London, still bring them back. To, to the hood. To, to the Not to the hood. The hood's the, the worst word. But to the roots. Because, to the roots. Because, because curly... more of themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, curly yeah. hair is what is natural to but African even, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're looking up to an, a European ideal, a European standard of beauty... Then it makes you think that your natural state isn't good enough. Where's your fam? Where's which your is wrong. That's incorrect. Both your natural state is Ghanaian. Both sides. You got Ghanaian, yeah. Yes. Nigeria, seventy percent of Nigerian, seventy-seven percent of Nigerian women bleach their skin. Forty percent of Indian whoa, women. Whoa, 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 Seventy-seven percent of Nigerians bleach their skin. Forty percent of Indian women bleach their skin. Oh, I'm done. It's fact. I, I, I'm actually just done. All right, listen. He's walking off. Right. <laughs> this is Beer Up Amena. Um, Daryl, let us know this month for um, Black History Month. Where can we hit you up? Um, on my um, social media channels, I put out uh, information about where you can see me um, talking, guest appearances. Um, I've got a load coming up. And I'm doing the features in a couple of schools as well. But to get all the information, um, please go to my social media pages. That's where you can find all the details. Uh, First up, I'm going to be on the Heritage TV show coming up with a natural right, um, amazing sister. She's a poet um, and, and a great spoken word artist. Um, and then I'm doing a uh, the Love uh, love Culture. I um, have a book club with a guy um, named Johnny Johnny Pitts who wrote a book called Afropean. So he's giving, instead of like, you know, you've got African-American, we've got Afropean. Um, and his book is looking at through the eyes of being your European uh, uh, through the Black Lens. Right. Really good book. And lastly, um, on the 5th, um, I'm speaking at Let's Shatter the Taboo, which is looking at black men and mental health, um, which is a very important topic to um, touch on, um, which is happening in Croydon. So. But go to my socials. I've got all the details for Black History Month where you can catch me. What's, what's your socials? One more time. On Instagram, Daryl.Blake, D-A-R-R-E-L.Blake. And on Twitter, it's Daryl underscore underscore Blake. This is the sounds of Beer Rap and Banner, Daryl Blake, Blackie Shoe Month. Thank you. Take care.